everyone. My name is Vidya. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Fitbots. Absolutely delighted to be hosting today's episode because we have Chris Kennedy all the way from San Antonio, Texas, currently service, serving as the OKR Coach Tribal Credit, recently named as FinTech 250. Now, there's something very interesting about Chris. He holds multiple degrees, including a BFA in theater from Stephen F. Austin State University and MSc in Learning Design and Technology from Purdue. Chris has previously served as the Director of Fine Arts and Director of Technology in the education sector, as well as a Training and Development Specialist in Healthcare. Chris is also a Certified Human Resource Professional and a facilitator of the five appreciation languages in the workplace. Chris, is there something that you don't do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like to experience things. I like to learn things. And so um, I always like to say, I will try anything at least once, maybe not twice. So I'm always willing to try something. And that includes avenues of learning that I wouldn't normally uh, go down. And so I think my, my experience kind of speaks for itself in that I just, I'm interested in everything. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. And I also see hot yoga, boxing and making the most delicious chicken wings. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too. Um, you know, we're truly delighted to have you part of this um, show. And, you know, the interesting part about your very eclectic background is that you've got a background in theater, in performance management, in OKRs. So tell us a little bit about how you've been connecting these dots. Sure. So I never like to waste anytime. I never like to waste a learning moment. I like to try to ensure that everything that I do, every effort that I make is contributing to both my personal and professional life in some way, shape or form. Uh, you know, I think there's been a lot out there on kind of the myth of, of work-life balance. And so really what I aim to do is to have one really good life. And so I speak a lot in my OKR coaching sessions about being well and how much OKRs have made a significant impact on my life. So, you know, I have a bachelor's in, in theater. I was once upon a time an, an actor. And I'll tell you, out of every single class I've ever taken, any program I've ever been a part of, the skills and the knowledge that I use every single day, particularly as an OKR coach, are the skills that I learned as an actor, as a theater, as wow. a theater professional. In theater, you learn how to work with an ensemble. You are working with a group of people that has a director. There's a whole group of technical people behind the scenes. And all of those things have to be working in collaboration to put together that production. Not only that, but you learn to take feedback. There's nothing like standing in front of an audience of 5,000 people doing Shakespeare and then to go backstage and receive notes from your director of a performance that may or may not have gone so well. And so having been through a number of those experiences, I apply that to my OKR process every single day whenever it comes to working together as a team, knowing how to take feedback. And knowing that, but I'm regularly asked to speak in front of hundreds of people, improvise. I have to understand the emotions and motivations of individuals aiming to achieve their OKR. And a lot of the training that I had in empathy and how to develop characters helps me do that. You know, I've learned my time as a leader that the number one thing that can affect motivation and engagement of an employee in their, is their relationship with their direct leader. I believe the success of a successful OKR implementation includes a well-rounded and purposeful emphasis on that relationship. OKRs can very quickly 
You know, if you're thinking about your key results, they can very quickly become numbers and we can be obsessed with KPIs and metrics. But what we can't ever forget is that those numbers don't happen by themselves. People make those numbers happen. And whenever you forget that people make those numbers happen, that's whenever your program will start to fall apart. Chris, I I can't tell you how good that sounded and you're absolutely spot on. And I just love the way you've been taking the learnings from your background in theater. And you're absolutely right. It is about improvising and really connecting with people. Because at the end of the day, it is, as you rightly said, people behind those metrics. In fact, I think there's this famous quote, probably it's by Albert Einstein, not everything that can be counted counts, not everything that counts can be counted. So I think there's so much of intangibles around this. So you're absolutely spot on. Oh, yes. that's that's The the human element of OKRs is something not to be missed. You said it. In fact, um, I I did notice that, uh, you know, just as I was just reading about you, Chris, and reading about tribal credit, you know, we've actually loved to know more about tribal credit as well as how you got into OKRs or how did you introduce OKRs to the organization, you also speak about the gamification of OKR. Now, that's really interesting. So tell us a little bit about tribal credit and the gamification of OKRs. Yeah, so tribal credit, we're a payment in 360-degree financing solution. We use a lot of the latest technologies to drive growth of small and medium businesses in emerging markets. We want to close that financial inclusion gap. Basically, we offer small and medium businesses access to modern payment methods like Visa business credit cards, uh, local international wires, short-term financing, along with a powerful spend management platform to track and control their expenses all in one seamless interface. It's very, very, very cool stuff. And uh, recently we were named to the uh, FinTech uh, 250 list by CB Insights. And so I can give a really brief uh, kind of introduction to KRs. I-, I often say that I live the OKR lifestyle. I came to OKRs on my own, not through an organization, not through tribal. I came to them on my own. And I went through a certification program simply because I was interested in it and how it might be able to support me in my own personal wellness goals. And so a couple of years ago, I decided that I would write OKRs for myself. And so I wrote the OKR, the objective that I wanted to be the healthiest that I'd ever been in my entire life in order to feel amazing. And some of my key results included increasing my workouts from zero to three times a week, losing two pounds a week, going from 220 to 194. And, you know, ensuring that we have some well-rounded key results in that wellness. I wanted to make sure that I uh, was taking a good look at my sleep. So I wanted to maintain an average of at least seven hours of the course over the course of a quarter. And so my results, whenever I looked at the end of that particular quarter, you know, if I had uh, kind of, uh, I, I actually kind of sandbagged myself. And so I had planned on doing 39 workouts that quarter. I ended up doing 65. Oh my goodness. I didn't lose 26 pounds. I lost 32 pounds. And I didn't maintain an average of seven hours. I maintained an average of 7.25 hours. That's really precise. 7.25 hours. (laughs) And you (laughs) beat every OKR. Yeah, video with all of these pieces of technology, with these watches and these rings and all of these devices, the your ability to create personal wellness OKRs and being able to track very specific metrics has never been more doable uh, in the history of time. It is such a fantastic thing. And yeah, talking about gamification. So, you know, uh, this is another connected experience for me. I spent 10 years in K-12 education as a theater teacher, director of fine arts, director of technology. And in that time, I did a lot of gamification of lessons. Uh, you know, I would do things like we created uh, escape rooms for students to learn uh, lessons. Uh, you know, in and of itself, a badging program is not gamification, but we did that. And so... 
really, I, I've been reading a book called uh, Gamify, and it's a real practical look at uh, gamification. And so what I my what my inquiry, what my practice has been in lately is where are the opportunities to gamify OKRs? And uh, most notably, where I am at in that process is really telling the story, the OKRs. And so we're developing a really cool uh, space journey mission that we're going to take our people on. You know, we're going for that moonshot, you know, OKRs and moonshot go, go hand in hand. And so while I can't, I don't have any real specifics that I can give you right now, we have some really, really cool stuff on the horizon whenever it comes to gamification. And I'll say, you know, if anybody's looking to inquire into any of that, look into virtual escape rooms, look into, you know, take, take a look at some of the things that are happening just in the video game sector right now. Look at the way those things are structured and you can very easily start to see how you can apply those things to, to OKRs. So it's a very, very exciting and fun thing. You know, absolutely love it, Chris. Thank you for sharing this. You know, there are two very interesting points that you just mentioned. One is using OKRs in the context of your personal well because the fact about OKRs is that it does not always need to be about business. And I absolutely love the way you crafted those key results and beat each one of them. <laughs> Kudos to you on that one. I was just kind of reflecting on what you said about gamification. And you're right, uh, OKRs does not need to be dull and dreary. In fact, it could be made fun. You just spoke about the space journey. And I think that sounds absolutely awesome because the ability to connect the dots for, let's say, somebody who's receiving OKRs can be so much more if they have fun while writing OKRs. So I think you're really making it fun as I see it. Yeah. And if I can speak to, we, we had a really great, I think I can speak to this. We had a really, really great experience at Tribal. One of the things that we did is we, you know, we, and this is not, you know, a new idea in of itself, but we had an, we had a virtual OKR summit where huh. we had all of our teams present their OKR in a virtual environment. So we used, I believe we used Zoom and they have those special like classroom backgrounds where you can see everybody in the background. And so we really had our entire group together all in one virtual room. You know, I can be silly on those calls sometimes. So I had sunglasses on and I had a costume on and we were celebrating every time an OKR got the final approval. And so, yeah, looking at ways of, of making, I will always tell people that whenever I start a training or, or engage in anything that I do not want it to be boring in any way, shape or form that I want to do as little blah, blah, blah as possible and have you do more practice as possible. And so, yeah, look for those those ways of, of making things fun because it can get, unfortunately, it can get boring real quick if not done correctly. Well, you said it. And what costume did you have on that day? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, yeah, I might be able to find a picture of this, but I actually was dressed up as Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I would go, ooh, yeah, okay, I'll approve, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Chris, in fact, uh, you know, it, it kind of brings me to the next question, which is on, you've been coaching on OKRs for a while now. And, and as you said, you know, OKRs have been a lifestyle for you. So it's really ingrained in you. What are some of the secret ingredients to be an OKRs coach? I'd say one of the most important ingredients in being an OKR coach is being vulnerable. Whenever you are at the center of the OKR process, you know, no matter what sector you are doing, and I, I've been involved in a number of different, different industries, you have to be okay with not knowing everything. That can be a difficult thing because people will look to you as if you know everything. That's where you really need to be okay with saying, I don't know. 
and I will find somebody who does know, or let's work through that together. And then whenever your line of questioning, hopefully as a coach, you have a line of questioning in place that can help that individual reach the answer that they need. So I'll probably say, I don't know, at least once a day. That took a long time to get used to, especially whenever you are coming brand new into an organization. Saying, I don't know, can be a very, very intimidating thing. But I tell you right now, you have to be okay with that. Empathy, creating and running OKRs can be fun, but I'll tell you, especially, you know, in the, the economic times that we are in right now, OKR metrics, KPIs can cause a real level of anxiety with employees. One of the major things that I've learned over the course of this year is that you have to understand when to push, when not to push, being able to recognize whenever teams are going through something. And like I said, never missing that human element of it. Maybe during your mid-quarter review, you really do need to adjust that target because of some things that are going on. Or you know what? Yeah, I'm a firm believer that sometimes it's it's okay just to put a pause on things for a short time. If there's a fire or there's something really, really important going on, make sure that you're taking care of your people. And you can only recognize that sometimes through your level of empathy. Questioning. Learn the hard way that you never assume Absolutely never. And that's just a life lesson in and of itself, but never assume, always, always be asking the questions. And I like to say that my secret ingredient in being an OKR coach, something that has led to success, not only as being an OKR coach, but in my entire career and in, in life is humor. Don't make it boring. And at the very least, if you don't consider yourself to be a funny person, there's one thing that you can do that will improve your presentation, your interactions, your relationships considerably. And this is the same note that I would give high school students whenever I was directing them in theater productions. And that is to simply smile. Smiling is a very powerful thing. And if you come onto your Zoom call or you go into that conference room looking like you got zero hours of sleep and were forced to eat cream spinach for breakfast, it's not the best way to start those things. Smile, smile, and it will follow. Outstanding, Chris. You know, a smile doesn't cost you anything. A smile is globally acknowledged. It doesn't matter in which part of the world you're in. If you smile, it means the same thing. So I, I completely am with you on this. You also spoke about a really important point about empathy. So there's so much of process and cadence in OKRs. And one of the learnings that we've had is the, you know, what we call the P ratio. I learned it from someone and, you know, it's the process versus empathy. So there is a process, but when it comes to empathizing people, you need that balance. And somebody who's a great OKR coach should be able to have a good P ratio or a good balance. So I absolutely love that point around empathy, questioning, and vulnerability. And, and I'll tell you, sometimes we create these structures that are so rigid. Sometimes we feel like we can't get out from them or that we can't break them or, or anything like that. And, you know, I'd say as a coach, be in Encourage your teams, encourage your, your organization to create guardrails, create boundaries rather than these rigid processes. Because whenever things happen, whenever you, you are using you know, your empathy muscle there and you know something is going on, when you have those real, real rigid processes that you can't get away from, that makes it really, really hard to be flexible. And OKRs are, you know, a, a lot of OKRs are about being flexible. Yeah. And it's okay to color outside the lines as long as it's mm -hmm. for the greater good of the organization. So I, I completely agree with you on that, Chris. You know, what's a typical day at work for you? You, you know what? That is such a, I struggle with that question. <laughs> I don't know that there has been a typical day. It's always been, you know, not that every single day is completely different, but I've had so many unique experiences and periods being an, an OKR coach. But I'll tell you, my, my typical day on an average, and of course, this all depends on where we are in the OKR cycle. I think as an OKR, 
OKR coach, you know, when you get into your regular cadence, you're, you're probably observing check-ins, you're giving coaching sessions, you know, advising, you know, the executives during the reflect, reflect reset process. It is very, very much more hands-on. You're looking through OKRs, making suggestions and whatnot. And so that reset reflect process is, is my busiest time of the quarter, usually the uh, last week and, and first week of our, our quarter, but a typical day, you know, I like to get up about two hours before I do anything. I have to have my morning routine and I recommend everybody have a morning routine. I get up, I have a good breakfast and I do something for me. And that could be reading a book, playing a video game, reading. I do a lot of reading in the morning and I just sit there on my couch. I light some incense and I just enjoy my morning for about an hour. And then I'll probably do some like personal productivity or I might do some yoga, go to a workout. And then the usual, I'll check email and whatnot. But then I really get into, I work, I'm working very hard right now on creating a new uh, OKR our operating system, you know, kind of uh, think uh, Truity has their center for excellence. And so we're kind of making our equivalent there resource center. And so I usually work on that a little bit. And then I'm reaching out to teams, observing check-ins throughout the day. Every week we have a different check-in on a different day of the week. And then that usually takes me up through the the afternoon. And then I go back to working out and then I try to find something. I, I, I very, very I, I try very hard to turn it off at night, if you know what I mean. I try to enjoy my time, my wellness, but I'll say this, I enjoy doing OKRs so much and I truly, truly do enjoy them that, you know, a lot of times I end up finding myself just working on some aspect of OKR till six, seven, eight o'clock at night because I enjoy it. Not everybody may be as, you know, into OKRs as I am, <laughs> but I'll say as much as, you know, that's a typical day, there's so many other days that you're in the trenches or sometimes you might have change in strategy. Sometimes you might realize that an OKR is not going to do so well. And you spend that day trying to come up with ideas on, on how to change. And the beauty of OKRs is that you can do that. You're not stuck in, in a particular goal or whatnot for an entire year. Typical day is such an interesting phrase whenever it comes to being an OKR coach. <laughs> you're, you're right. Such an, such an oxymoron. So there is no typical day for an OKRs coach. And, you know, I'm going to, uh, you know, schedule some time so that we can do some nerding around OKRs because, uh, you know, I truly see the passion coming out from you. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, it, it's been a, such an interesting conversation just listening to you, uh, Chris. And, you know, you've been an internal OKRs coach and, and a coach uh, on OKRs for life. What do you think is the advantage of, of being an internal coach versus an external coach? For me, I think I prefer being an internal coach because I like to really involve myself in an organization that believes in what I believe in, uh, that holds the same values that I do. And so, you know, whenever I came on to Rival, they're helping a lot of small and medium businesses be successful. To me, on the surface, that's not necessarily what we're due because remember, we're always about people. When I look at those businesses, those businesses are run by people. Those businesses are the dreams of people. And for me, being an internal coach with an organization such as Tribal is me helping people accomplish their dreams. And that's something that I can get on board with very, very quickly. But the other thing with being an internal coach is that you have the opportunity to, over a long term of time, really, truly develop relationships, be ingrained in the organization. It also gives you a certain level of consistency. It allows you to live out the culture of that organization. Uh, and it, no, that, of course, always depends on the, the strength of the culture of, of that organization. Or more importantly, I'll say this, more importantly about being an internal coach is that you can help shape 
the culture. And I like to look at OKR. OKRs, while they are not going to solve, you know, I think every last one of your organization's issues, OKRs will hold a mirror up to your organization. It will reveal things and not just things about your KPIs or your metrics. It will reveal things about how your company is interacting internally, about how it's communicating externally. It'll give you a real quick, you will have no better test of your organization's ability to collaborate than whenever you sit down to draft your team OKRs for the first time. I can totally visualize that because just getting the teams together, the energy and Probably, you know, sometimes teams stumble in the beginning, but once they get the hang of it, it really, really makes a difference in the long-term journey and sustenance of an organization. So thank you for sharing that, Chris. You know, it kind of brings me to probably one more question, which is asked by many OKR practitioners, especially when teams come on to OKRs and they're practicing OKRs. What are some of the challenges do you think teams can preempt, you know, when it comes to rolling out OKRs? Well, for one, you do need to make sure whenever you are deciding to do OKRs, you need to make that abundantly clear to the entire organization. People over time have been soured on goal frameworks. People have been victims of these set it and forget it goals. And it's it's prevalent all over the place. And so whenever whenever you introduce, oh, hey, by the way, we're doing OKRs, it's a new goal setting framework. I would not be surprised when everybody is not totally excited by it. You also on the other end of the spectrum, if everyone is truly excited about it, make sure everybody is not just trying to do what Google did. That's, you know, I think that's something that, you know, in any person that has some level of experience with OKRs know, but, you know, I'll, I'll, some of the classics that I, I call them the classics, classic challenges that you face as an OKR coach is, I think the number one is, and you will usually, I think, come across this from, from a lot of the management and leadership is the, the simple difference between OKRs and KPIs. That is you as an OKR coach need to come into an organization knowing exactly what the difference is and how to articulate that. Also perfection. OKRs, not really necessarily about achieving hundred percent of everything. You got to be okay with 70% or whatever it is that your organization decides upon. And so, you know, if you're looking into OKRs because you want to achieve all of your goals, 100% green across the board, that's not necessarily what this is all about. And it's often something difficult for uh, individuals to comprehend. We don't want to achieve all of our goals and you have to be prepared to go into that discussion. Whenever it gets down to the brass tacks, the logistics and of, of actually sitting down and drafting OKR, I think the, the number one challenge that I I saw with individuals early on was telling the difference between tasks and key results. Because most often I would see tasks uh, masquerading as, as key results. And so, and I'm not a big fan of milestone key results. And so basically I, I would say if your key result is to create the thing or make the thing or, or whatever the thing, let's make that a task. Let's reserve our, our key results for taking something from X to Y, reducing something from X to Y. Let's save those for for tasks. You know, maybe this one is a little bit further up the list, but dependencies. Full believer that, you know, in the OKR process as a coach, you do not have to have these long you know, 300 line spreadsheet deal of, of dependencies between teams. If you set the expectations up front, I fully believe that you can be successful with saying, hey, teams, whenever you're developing your OKRs, whether they're a cross-functional OKR or they're your own team's OKR, collaborate with your other teams. Collaborate with the people that you depend on the most. We don't have to do a lot of redundant documentation on this, that, and the other. Talk to your people, collaborate with your people, work out those 
those dependencies. Now, some of the unexpected challenges that I, I came across um, were, you know, whenever I've seen in, in organizations, just major gaps between leadership and kind of the front level and, you know, front facing employees. Okay. We want to, you know, they'll, they'll set their company OKRs. You have to find a way of making those things visible. In my experience, sometimes a shock whenever employees are, can be unaware of where the OKRs are located. These are things that you can take for granted, very simple things almost. So make sure that the entire organization knows where your OKRs are, where they are. You know, if you are including the entire organization, make sure they have some level of training or learning there as a part of their orientation or, or onboarding. In the sheer number of kind of myth busting and, and Google, I call it Google chasing that, that occurs. There are, are some unexpected uh, challenges. I love that word, Google chasing. <laughs> In fact, you've totally connected the do dots with theater. I, I love the word the classics, you know, that's what you used and just masquerading as key results. So, and these are really important ones, Chris, that you shared, because there are some which are above the iceberg, like the ones which you spoke about and those below the iceberg, which are the unexpected. You don't really, you don't really preempt that. And then it, when it does come hitting you on the face, it sometimes is either a trap or a landmine. So uh, thank you for sharing that because this is going to be really helpful to your audience. Uh, you know, it's such a pity that we're almost towards the end of the podcast and it's been such a pleasure speaking with you. But before you go, Chris, I'm going to throw a bunch of rapid fire questions at you. Are you ready for that? Absolutely. Okay. Your favorite holiday destination? I am a cinephile. So my favorite holiday destination is the movie theater. <laughs> okay. I should have guessed that. <laughs> Your favorite business book? I'm going to say that's a tie between Nine Lies About Work by Marcus Buckingham and uh, Making of a Manager by Julie Zuhl. I, I, for, forgive me for, I don't know that I pronounced that correctly, but it's called Ju Julie Z, Making of a Manager by, by Julie Z. Awesome. The quote that inspires you? Ah, yes. This one I use very, very regularly. The, the quote is, if you practice yoga once a week, you will mm. change your mind. If you practice yoga twice a week, you will change your body. If you practice yoga every day, you will change your life. Firm believer that if you were to insert OKRs in place of yoga, that that stands very, very true as well. You will not change your organization or your life for that matter if you only practice OKR once a day. Or, or I'm sorry, once a week or once a month. OKRs need to be something that you practice every single day. And like I said, you know, for me, the success that I've seen is that I've made it an OKR lifestyle. You know, I'm going to give you a standing ovation for that one. <laughs> this is <laughs> awesome. Chris, when you're not working, you would rather? I wouldn't rather, Vidya. I strive to enjoy my work as much as I do my rest. You know, I'm not always successful in that regard, but I have to say sometimes whenever I'm watching a movie or playing a game, I might rather be working or, you know, vice versa. I just, I try to, you know, I don't like to use the word balance necessarily, but I try to make everything a passion and love of my own. That's awesome. I can truly see that coming. Thank you for sharing that. And the last one, your advice to CEOs who are looking to manage their companies with OKRs. Trust your teams. If you're cascading what you think the goals are supposed to be and not allowing them that room for collaboration and input and ownership, OKRs may not be the thing for you. But I'd say the number one thing is to trust your teams. That's truly the foundation of an OKR process. It's trust. So completely agree with you. So it's been absolutely thrilling speaking with Chris. 
on how he approaches everything from leadership, authenticity, and excellence. If you want to connect with Chris, he's on LinkedIn. He's got some great stuff going on on OKRs. And Chris, thank you so much for being part of this podcast and sharing all your eclectic learning. Absolutely. It was an immense pleasure, Vidya. I love everything that's going on at FitBots. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you, Chris.